Hello, everybody. This is Kevin Witham, and welcome to Season 2 of the Common Grounds Unity Podcast. In this season, we want to focus on practical discussions about unity within the Stone Campbell movement and beyond. Jesus valued unity and prayed for it, that we may all be one so that the world may know. We believe unity is best achieved through relationships rather than beginning with disagreements over doctrine, practice, or ideology. We value the gathering, breaking bread, and sharing a cup of coffee or your favorite beverage. We invite you to gather with another Christian outside your particular family of churches and tell others that unity starts with a cup of coffee. So grab a cup and let's get started with another episode of the Common Ground Unity Podcast. Welcome to another podcast of our Common Grounds Unity Conversations. We want to welcome you back and are grateful for listening in week to week to the guests that we have and the conversations. Common Grounds Unity has a a motto that unity starts with a cup of coffee. And by that, our whole mission is to try to stimulate dialogue and conversation and build relationships with people across the streams of the Restoration Movement and Restoration Churches, what's often referred to as the Stone Campbell Movement of Churches. And so we have guests across those streams from week to week, and we're grateful that you listen into these conversations. And we hope, of course, that it moves you to build some bridges in your own community. Go grab a cup of coffee or have lunch with somebody in uh, one of the streams of the movement in the churches in your area and start building unity. Our hope is to be a part of the answer of Christ's prayer in John 17. Also, I want to mention that we're moving toward, I said weekly, and and we want to remind you, as Tina said in our last podcast, that we're going to be releasing now podcasts on the first and third Friday of each month. And we're working on developing some Zoom events for the near future, and we'll keep you posted as they develop. And, And then finally, If you're thinking of making a difference financially, please consider supporting Common Ground Unity with a monthly donation. We want to do more to build structure to this movement. Uh, Those of us that work with the podcast, we work voluntarily. Tina and I, uh, this mission is near to our heart, as does John and our board members. But there are some uh, concepts we have to start building more structure and doing more with Common Ground Unity that may mean uh, putting some uh, finances out to do that. And it costs to do a podcast. It costs to maintain a website and to have a presence at some of the programs that are around the country. So we'd love for you to partner with us. If you have a similar heart for this mission, you can look in the show notes or on our website to find out how to give. Now, we've got a couple of uh, very interesting, and I'll say we're international today, uh, interesting guests with us who work with one of the primary uh, communication uh, mediums of the International Churches of Christ. Uh, We have with us uh, Lianne, who is the editor of Disciples Today. Uh, She has a great story. As a baby, she accompanied her parents on a mission team to Hong Kong, later grew up in Florida, and then made the decision to follow Christ herself as a teenager and was baptized. While she was at Boston College, she served as an editor on the college newspaper 
and majored in English with a minor in Asian American studies. And she had the blessing of working at the full-time ministry in Boston for several years before moving to Portland, Maine. Lyanne joined the Disciples Today team in 2013 and became the editor in 2020. Uh, She's grateful to use both her academic background and passion for ministry to work behind the scenes in connecting people around the world to God's story. She loves living in Maine with her husband and two young boys. She likes to read, hike, camp, and sleep through the night. I found that interesting. The older I've gotten, the more I appreciate that as well when I'm able to do it. So, Lyanne, good to have you with us. How's everything in Maine? Thank you, Kevin. It's um, it's great. September is a beautiful month in Maine, so I have no plans to leave anytime soon. Uh, That's what I hear. Right I here. always wanted to visit that part of the country and hope to do that soon. Justin Renton is with us, and Justin serves as a congregational evangelist for the Johannesburg Church of Christ. He has served as the chairman of the Southern Africa family of ICOC churches since 2007 and serves as the chief evangelist for Disciples Today. He was born and raised in Johannesburg. Justin was a successful race car driver in South Africa and regionally. He was invited to church and to study the Bible, and he entered into those studies and made the decision to follow Jesus back in 1987 when he was baptized, and then later answered the call into vocational ministry. For obvious reasons, his dad, who was an atheist at the time, and a financial supporter of his racing career, wasn't too pleased about the decision to follow Christ. And yet several years later, praise God, his dad was baptized and now serves as a deacon in the church. Uh, Justin and his wife, Irene, serve together in the ministry. They've been married for 25 years. They have two children, uh, Elena, who's 22, and Luke, who's 18. And together, Justin and Irene co-authored Healing of a Wounded Idealist, a guide back to faith for the Christian cynic. So there's a book you can look forward to purchase. I'm sure that uh, that would be a worthwhile read. uh, uh, The title engages me. I'd love to pick up a copy and read that myself. The the Disciples Today website, for those that are listening that would like to explore it, is disciplestoday.org. That's disciplestoday.org. It will also be a learning experience for you. If you're in one of the other streams of the restoration movement, you'll learn a lot more about the ICOC there at that website. And then my co-host, got a lot of introductions today. I've got Nick Zola uh, co-hosting with me today. Um, Nick, as many of you know, is on the board of Common Grounds Unity. Love working with Nick because he's a fellow San Diegan who grew up here where I live and grew up. Um, but he is currently up at Pepperdine University where he is a professor of Bible and religion there. Just started as we're recording this, a, a new semester. So I'm sure he's got a lot on his plate. Uh, Nick is deeply committed to the faith himself and teaching it, has his MA from Abilene Christian University in New Testament, got his PhD in religion uh, with a concentration in biblical studies from Baylor University. He has been a, a professor uh, for a number of years up there at Pepperdine, where my own sons went. And Nick, it is just a pleasure to have you back with us, brother. How's everything as you're kicking off a new semester there at Pepperdine? It's a pleasure to be back, Kevin. Thanks very much for the invitation to co-host with you. Things are going well at Pepperdine. I feel a little out of sorts. Um, I just got back from a year teaching abroad in Switzerland, 
and then because of the year before that of, of COVID, I haven't been on on campus in Malibu teaching in a classroom for two years now. And so I'm so I'm relearning how to do all of that again, remembering when I give my students breaks and you know and kind of all of that. But but it's going well. I'm finding my groove again, and uh, and I'm pleased to be home. That's really an ugly place to have to spend a couple of years, Lausanne, Switzerland. My son was in that year program in Lausanne with Pepperdine. I would have loved yeah. to have been there no with one, you. No one has sympathy. I can't complain. I went from you know from Malibu to Switzerland to Malibu again, so I'm not. I shouldn't probably have said any of that, but but that's where <laughs> I am, and uh, I'm. That's I'm. I feel very privileged to do what I do and to be here with you today. Well, why don't you kick off the podcast with our guests, if you will, Nick? I'd love to. Um, Lyanne and I go back some time, in fact, so it's a pleasure especially to, to be helping with this particular podcast. We were in the Boston campus ministry together in the early 2000s, uh, and then Justin uh, and I are just meeting now. And so, so let's start with this um, first question, which is, could you each tell us a little bit about some of your story, your life, your ministry, your spiritual journey, how you got to the position that you hold now? And, uh, and Justin, if you wouldn't mind, why don't you go first? Sure. Thanks, Nick. Um, yeah, it's great to be on this podcast. And I appreciate you guys inviting us. So um, yeah, I came from a non-religious background. My dad was an atheist agnostic um, and my mom was a non-practicing Catholic. So we didn't really go to church at all growing up. Um, and then I was invited to a Bible study group at the University of Johannesburg at Bits University. Uh, when I was a, a student there by one of the guys that was on a mission team to plant a church in Johannesburg. And it was interesting. It was actually during a riot on campus. So there was an anti-apartheid riot going on. And uh, and so the students were, were sort of protesting against apartheid and the, the police came onto the campus and they were sort of tear gassing and beating some of the students. And I ran away into the library and I'm standing in the library and uh, this guy turns to me, he says, what's going on? So I said, well, you know, there's this riot, there's this. He says, you want to come out to a Bible study? So I was like, what? What on earth? I mean, do you see the police running by here? And, and he gave me an invitation. <clears throat> and, uh, I, yeah, I, I took a couple of weeks to think about it then came out to the Bible study group and loved it. Uh, for the first time, sort of saw people really trying to put the Bible into practice, really live it out in their daily lives. And... I uh, studied the Bible for about nine months um, and then eventually got baptized uh, in December of 1987. So, uh, yeah, from there, it's been quite it's quite the adventure, um, sort of being, I, I graduated from university. I actually had to do military service when back in those days it was compulsory. So I spent about a year and a half uh, doing military service as a South African. Uh, and then and then went in the full-time ministry in Pretoria, started the church in, in Pretoria, uh, then moved to Kenya um, and and spent some time with the church in Kenya, Nairobi, and, and just loved that, being trained in the ministry. Then went to Cape Town, spent a couple of years down there, met my future wife, uh, and, uh, and then uh, we moved back to Joburg, got married, and have been living in Johannesburg for, yeah, for the last sort of 15 years. So yeah, that's a little bit of my, of my journey. Thank you, Justin. Uh, how about you, Lianne? Tell us some of your story and life and ministry and so forth, how that has brought you to uh, the place where you are now. Um, well, Kevin, Kevin shared a lot of it there, um, but I, I grew up in 
the ICOC and this family of churches. Um, both of my parents became Christians in the early or mid seventies on various college campuses. And um, they, they ended up meeting and getting married in the Crossroads Church, um, which I know has you know, a lot of overlap with a lot of probably our, our audience members. Um, and that's where I was born. Um, they, they were on a mission team to Hong Kong. My father is from Hong Kong. And so he was grateful for um, the opportunity to, to go on that mission team when, when that chance came up. And um, I only lived there for, from, you know, ages one to five, but that had a profound impact on my life. Um, I learned very early on that the U.S. was not the center of the world, and that's a invaluable education. Um, and uh, anyways, and my parents, just their missionary spirit, I think, uh, set a great example for me, which I'm really grateful for. Um, and then after that, I grew up in South Florida. Um, I was in the South Florida Church of Christ outside of uh, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, and just had a great spiritual community there. I'm so grateful for um, so many influences and spiritual aunts and uncles there that that helped to raise me um, and I got baptized as a young teen I just turned 13 um, and uh, and then I went to Boston for school I think I always wanted to be a part of a great campus ministry having grown up on crossroads stories and um, you know uh, 2004 was a challenging time to be in a campus ministries in our churches um, that's where I met Nick uh, Nick and his his now wife, Joy, um, took good care of me as a, a lost freshman um, in college, and uh, and God bless me with their friendship there. But um, anyways, I worked as an editor in college, and I loved that. I loved journalism, um, but it was super demanding. We were working like, you know, 60-hour weeks or something on top of our class load, and I just, I couldn't do it all. So I eventually gave up the newspaper, but fortunately that wasn't the end of journalism uh, for me. So eventually I ended up moving to Maine um, on a mission team and uh, I was sort of job hopping. Um, I, I was working minimum wage at a coffee shop and excited about the mission team, but just trying to find myself and, and uh, make some money. And um, a good friend suggested that I reach out to Roger Lamb, who had just moved to Boston. And uh, they said, hey, Roger just moved. You should um, see if, you know, he's got any work for you at Disciples Today. And I sent him a Facebook message and uh, one thing led to another. And I, I got a very small, you know, foot in the door there a few hours a week. And yeah, just one thing led to another. Um, God bless that. And uh, it eventually became a full-time job and I eventually um, got promoted to editor. And it's, it's been an awesome journey. Thank you, Lyon. The way I remember it is we took care of each other, I think. I, uh, I think it was the mutual taking care of that, that occurred there. But it yeah. was, a, it was a, an important and formative time for all of us, I think, during that period. Absolutely. Um, let me come back to you, Justin. I think something that's really uh, significant, and I think we'll explore this kind of as we go, but, but that strikes me is that you are not um, located geographically in the United States. And mm -hmm. you are running this, and we'll talk about um, in just a moment kind of what Disciples Today is. But, but since you've brought that up, um, do you mind just kind of speaking to that for a moment about the significance of the fact that here you are um, outside of the United States and, and running this 
communications arm of, uh, of the International Churches of Christ in many ways. What is, how do you see that as, as significant in terms of where you are geographically? Yeah, I think one of the great things about our family of churches, obviously, is just how international it is and how hard we work at being able to, you know, be representative on all sort of levels of leadership, you know, as a, as a global movement, which I think is fantastic. And, you know, Roger Lamb and I started sort of working together on communication projects uh, probably 10 years ago. And... Um, um, and I just volunteered my time to help with a whole bunch of sort of volunteer things uh, around uh, communication. And eventually he approached me, um, I think, when he was sort of getting ready to retire in, in like 2017 or 2018 and said, would I be willing to take over his, his job? You know, and I, I said, no, thanks, Raj. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm happy right now with what I'm doing. Um, and 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 he, he approached again about a year later, um, and and then the third time I said, okay, well maybe this could be a part-time position, you know, and as if we if we worked out how to figure out how to distribute all the different you know the different workloads, and we began exploring that, and then that sort of that's how it developed. So I I just sort of uh, I give a percentage of my time and the Joburg church is very kind to be able to allow me to donate, you know, a certain percentage of my time to, to running disciples of a. So, and I think it's, it's helpful. It's helpful to have, um, you know, lion having been you know, out of the U S in Hong Kong, me living in, in South Africa, it gives a, n a number of perspectives on things that I think it's valuable for us, particularly as an international family of churches. Some of our uh, some of our listeners may not be familiar with uh, disciples today, with that that term, with the website. Um, share with our listeners a little bit of the background and history of disciples today, and perhaps its focus and its its mission, what it's out to accomplish and provide. So, disciples today is the official, official communications channel of the ICOC. Um, it's the only, only one. Um, and, you know, our, our family of churches has, has always believed in communicating well with each other um, and using various tools to do that. <clears throat> in the early days of our fellowship, there were church bulletins, um, then magazines, and then videos, um, KNN, and it stands for Kingdom News Network. It was a, a nonprofit media company that was started by Roger Lamb in the early 90s. And um, they made videos of good news and sent them, shipped them literally all around the world um, as a way for our churches to know what was going on in other places. And, um, and then, as, you know, some of the larger churches still had bulletins um, going through, through that time. So uh, all, all of those documents and videos are available on a, a new website we just built, icochistory.org. And if you were part of that history or you're curious about it, I, I recommend checking it out. We put together a lot of um, original doc documents there. But in, uh, you know, in 2003, um, during our, our church's crisis, um, all so many structures shut down, lost funding, including KNN. And And uh, during that time, Roger kind of realized if if our churches didn't have a way to communicate with each other, we, in his mind, we wouldn't survive. Um, and so it was really on his heart to have 
some way to keep the churches connected, some means of communication. And so he started DT as a way to, not a source of news, but also just a way to maintain connections among our fellowship. Um, so in he pulled together a small team in uh, June, on June 4th of 2004, they launched DisciplesToday.org, which makes us a very young organization compared to um, some of the other guys you've talked to. Um, I was shocked that the, the standard has been around since the 1800s. Um, we, we have a much shorter story. <laughs> so um, anyways, uh, he, he did that. You know, he built DT with basically no funding, just kind of some reserve money. And around 2007, they, they, he just ran out of money. Um, so they were planning to shut down. And um, at that time, our churches had a little bit more organization and, and there was a, a delegate system. And I, I believe the delegates stepped in and said, hey, let's, let's not shut DT down. Um, let's figure out a way that we can keep, you know, keep it going. And so since 2007, um, a number of our churches support us. They, they, you know, give a certain amount per year. And that, um, that's where most of our money comes from. Justin could probably speak more to that since I was, I was pretty young during all of that time. Uh, but that's my, my understanding. Justin, do you want to add anything to that? Yeah, no, I think that that describes it. So yeah, it was a great, it was a great collaboration, I think, amongst the churches to be able to say we we need a, uh, you know, we need a portal for everything, and let's let's all let's all chip in and and uh, and work towards that. And I think it's been a, it's it, yeah, it's one of the great strengths I think of the, of the International Church of Christ is that that collaboration on on global projects. Um. Uh, so the, the mission of Disciples Today is to inspire, inform, unify, and grow the ICOC. And uh, I think that's a, a mission that drives what we do, what we don't do, and our, our posture and how we do things. We have almost no overhead. We don't have a physical office. Um, we have no full-time staff. We have, I believe, just three part-time staff, myself, Justin, and our business manager, and then a handful of consultants and a number of volunteers, amazing volunteers all around the world. Um, and that, that keeps us, you know, running a tight ship. Um, but also it, uh, yeah, there's some blessings and, and challenges of that. So we're really grateful for the, just the many, many people around the world who have chipped in along the way to keep DT afloat. So tell us a little bit about your roles and your, your challenges in those roles. You, that, that's a lot of fan, a lot of churches in the family of churches to, deal with information from and also share a little bit about that. Yeah, so my role sort of as, as chief evangelist uh, in, in many ways is to keep Disciples Today connected to our, uh, our, our leaders around the world. So, uh, so I get to go to um, a lot of our leadership meetings and sort of connect with a lot of the the uh, the church leaders and and try help them to see you know what are we doing as disciples today and uh, and then and then to find out what the needs are and it's to sort of find out what, what do you guys need from us I mean what do you you know um, uh, how are we not meeting needs in different places so so and then it's developing those those different sides to us so so you know, a couple of years ago, I think our main part was a website. Uh, we really tried to push out now into social media. We started a TikTok channel to reach some of the younger people. 
And, uh, you know, we had a, one of our TikTok videos reach almost a million views, you know. Um, so, and that's obviously reaching a whole new um, demographic and, and type of people than, than they normally come to the website, you know. So we, we've co-developed an app with, um, uh, with some of our mission societies. And that, that's another way of just keeping everyone that's in the mission societies uh, informed what's happening. And so everybody, no matter what part of the world you support missions in, there's an app that's a combination of Disciples Today and our mission societies uh, that, that provide that, that sort of news for everybody. So it's developing new ways of connecting, you know, with people. Uh, it's staying connected to the leaders and then just sort of managing all the little different different parts of Disciples Today. So I think that pretty much sums up my contribution. Lyon, how about you? Do you want to say more about your role as editor? Sure. Um, I I run the website, so disciplestoday.org, um, along with a number of our other sites. We, we manage um, a leadership site, the history site, um, a few other projects. And I oversee our social media, um, which typically means finding younger people who are better at social media than I am. Um, and I, I, you know, keep an eye on that. Um, I, what else do I do? Um, you know, I do a lot of email. I send our newsletter. Um, I manage it. If you send in an email through the website, it's going to come through me. Any, any type of content that goes on our website, I'm, I'm looking at it, editing it, um, you know, or delegating it to someone. Um, and so, yeah, I, I manage a, a lot of my work is just on an email, uh, you know, typing away um, at people that I sometimes, you know, never meet. Justin and I uh, worked for two years together before we met in person in Orlando last month. Um, and I had that experience with, with many people that I, that I met in Orlando is that, oh, I've been working with you for years and never met you. Um, oh, I didn't realize you were a woman. Um, I didn't realize you were so short, you know. Um, so anyways, it's a, it's a lot of work online, but uh, I love it. I love being yeah, just behind the scenes and connecting people. Um, we have a, an amazing fellowship that is so diverse and international, and um, it's just a joy to get to facilitate some of those connections. I love the balance that you've just described because, uh, Lianne, it sounds like you were pretty instrumental in helping to put together the ICOC history side of the of the website that you've just launched, the ICOC.org. And I've been on that website, um, and it's tremendous. I was overwhelmed the the day that I discovered it because, as somebody who um, has done some you know some research and, and um, investigation into the history of the ICOC and its connection with the Churches of Christ, having having all of that material that you put there. Um, for for those who are interested in the backstory of the Stone Camel movement and where it's been and where it's going, it's a tremendous resource. So so let me just say one thank you for that. But what I was going to say is I love the balance of you know that you're both working on the history of where the ICOC has been, but then as Justin is, is talking about, you're thinking about the future too, and you're thinking about um, reaching the next generation and working on. Uh, new ways of reaching um, them through social media and through um, and through other other means, and so that's a that's a really interesting um, kind of balance that you're having to do. Um, I've been thinking about this in some ways as we were preparing for for today that. 
that Disciples Today has all these different functions, right? It functions as kind of this communication center. It functions um, as a church locator even. So people within the International Churches of Christ, I think, will use Disciples Today to say where, you know, if I'm visiting another city, where can I locate? How can I get in contact with the church in that city? Obviously, it functions as a news repository. Uh, and, and Lian, you even mentioned that we've already had an interview with uh, editors from the Christian Standard who, you know, who represent kind of news for the independent Christian churches. We've had an interview with the editor of the Christian Chronicle who represents news um, and information for the Churches of Christ. Um, and so in, in some ways, this is rounding out the, those sets of interviews. But, but then that, that makes it really interesting to me what the function that Disciples Today um, fulfills, because, because in a way, Disciples Today becomes something of an identity marker for the ICUC in, in forming all those roles, communication center, church locator, news repository. So I wanted to ask specifically about that. What, what are kind of the advantages and disadvantages that you've had to deal with sitting in this role of being some of being the, the, the organization that functions in certain ways as the identity marker of the International Churches of Christ? And how do you, how do you manage that role and that responsibility? So either of you can take that. Um, yeah, it's an interesting term, the identity marker. I'm not, I'm not sure that we would necessarily see it exactly like that. I think uh, we see ourselves as a, as, a, as a news hub and a communications, um, you know, a portal. Um, and, uh, you know, and that's because, you know, Lion and I don't do a lot of, uh, we don't do a lot of our own journalism, our own writing, our own perspective stuff. We actually more... Uh, you know, make sure that that uh, it gets published from the different service teams. So, so that I would say that the groups that that you know are identity markers, if, if I understand the term correctly, you know, of, of our movement is actually more of our service team. So we have an elders service team, and they they sort of give you know eldership and 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 direction around that. Then we have a teachers service team, and they they you know taking us through all the different changes and. In you know women's roles and and uh, you know sort of teaching and theology development and then um, a catalyst team which is sort of driving the evangelism of, of the movement and so we just try and make sure that we actually publishing their voices you know we publishing what they're doing uh, and making sure that's available to people so um, so it becomes more of a hub or a center of, of a, obtaining news um, um, would be my description. Um, of what we do. That's a helpful clarification then, I think, because that, um, in some ways, then you are performing different roles than, say, what the Christian Standard is or the Christian uh, Chronicle are doing, in that, at least internally, they're the ones who are producing a lot of the content that they publish. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like, for in your case, a lot of that content is being produced almost out of house, and then you you become this hub to disseminate that information is that is that what you're exactly. saying exactly okay yeah. yeah that's very interesting um related to that then these these other streams of the stone camel movement um just just like the icoc um have church locator sites or ways of kind of communicating to the rest of the of that family of churches here is a directory of places where you can you know look up other churches that are similar to the church that you know that you are part of um, and that is one of the roles um, as we've already mentioned of disciples today 
I'm, I'm wondering, and if you wouldn't mind kind of going into that, what what factors go into the consideration for how a church gets added to your church locator site in Disciples Today? And, and are there ever questions about whether a church counts as an ICOC church or not and how that works out for you? Yeah, sure. So, so uh, what's interesting, of course, is that that um, we developed after sort of the the crisis of, of two thousand and three a cooperation agreement amongst ICOC churches, and that was, you know, we we uh, affirm that we're going to cooperate, we're going to work together, we're going to partner together, you know, on global missions, on communications, on helping the poor, on evangelizing our part of the of the world. And so we kind of formed ourselves into about 34 families of churches uh, around the world. So I'm part of the Southern Africa family of churches, and we have a whole bunch of churches across uh, some of the nations of Southern Africa. And then obviously every different part of the world is made up of these different families of churches. So for us, actually, uh, it's probably a little easier in terms of how do we define who's, you know, who's uh, part of us or not in the sense of we don't really, we don't try and make any doctrinal decisions around, um, you know, uh, the, the, the churches, it's actually much more of, of, are you willing to cooperate? Are you, are you wanting to be a, a part of the cooperation churches and are you functioning in a cooperative role, you know, in your part of the world? So, and then those decisions get, you know, thankfully not very often that those decisions get made by the regional family of churches. You know, in other words, are, are they cooperating? Are they functioning in a, in a, in a unified cooperating way? And, uh, and if they are, they're with us. And if they don't want to, then they don't have to, uh, you know, to do that. So, so, and then in, in, in more complicated situations, then our elders service team and conflict resolution service teams will sort of get involved to, to uh, to deal with anything that's a little more complex, but I don't know if that helps you understand our process for how you are part of us or not. Does that does that clarify it? It does, and I think what's fascinating is because so much of ICOC history, um, in certain ways, kind of emerged when at least people making these types of directories and categorizing what counts as Church of Christ had to make a decision. What about this campus ministry movement that has been part of the Churches of Christ up till this point? Are they are they still part of it or not? Or have they gone to do something else? And, and this has often been one of the sticking points of the Stone Campbell movement is kind of defining who's in and who's out and, you know, and are you an insider and outsider and, and all of that. And on, on, obviously a lot of what it is that we're about here in Common Grounds is trying to get past some of that, that boundary drawing and say, hey, listen, there's so much more that unites us than there is that, that divides us. Mm-hmm. But nonetheless, it, become, it becomes a real issue, especially if you've got a, a, an actual list on your website or, or in print form about, you know, this is our family and this is not our family. You have to make those difficult decisions at times. Mm-hmm. And different streams of our churches have approached making that decision in different ways. So I, I think it probably helps our listeners to know, here's the way that the International Churches of Christ are dealing with that question at the moment. So, yes, thank you for that. Yeah, this whole Common Grounds Unity movement, in part, is a uh, attempt to have these conversations. All of the streams of our movement uh, can really battle sectarianism. And kind of a we're the we're the true expression of the body of Christ, you know, today. And 
And so ours is to have these conversations and dialogues across the streams and to have a greater recognition of one another as brothers and sisters in Christ. So um, we always hope these conversations lead to that end and that we get to know one another in, in a greater way and, and are able to have conversations, you know, in, in a very Holy Spirit-led way that lead to better unity. Um, so we have our, our dreams and goals with this podcast, and, and you guys have already made a good contribution to that. Talk to us a little bit about your dreams and ideas for the future of Disciples Today and the ICOC family of churches. And, and do you, too, you know, in your role, you're dealing with so much information coming your way in, in the, the, the roles that you function in. Do you see an increasing desire for unity uh, with the other streams of the Stone Campbell movement in the churches that you're kind of getting information from and interacting with so much? So a couple of questions there, your own dreams and, and uh, ideas for the future of both. And then are you seeing some of that interest build? We've got a lot of ICOC listeners to Common Ground Unity. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe I'll take the first part and Lion can take the second part there. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, Hebrews 1 uh, is, is a guiding scripture for us where it talks about how God spoke to us in, in many different times and in different ways, you know. And I think that, uh, and then obviously finally through the, his son. But the point being is that God uses multiple forms of communication to communicate to us, you know. And mm-hmm. so we're trying to diversify our communication to multiple different ways and different, you know, different strengths and weaknesses of each of those streams. So, so I think our vision and our goal is just to keep expanding into that. And that's why you know, the TikTok channel, that's why, you know, social media and Instagram and Facebook, and we've got a, a Facebook group with about 35,000, I think actually two Facebook groups that I think combined about 50,000 people on those two groups that we, you know, that we involved with. Uh, and of course, the people gravitate towards, you know, different, uh, different forms of communication. And of course, our website where we get, you know, a lot of people coming to read, you know, read the news there. So I think our goal is to keep is to keep expanding the the ways in which we reach people and 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 getting people involved and actually you know who are good at that. So like Lion says, you know, neither her nor I. We we too old to be able to really be good at at at, at Instagram and, and TikTok. So we've got a younger generation of people doing it, and and it's hysterical. I mean that they, they they are so creative and so so fun in the way in which they they try to present um you know biblical truths and it's just it is it's really wonderful my daughter actually is 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 one of the volunteers that helps out with a tiktok channel and she's constantly coming up with these wild and wacky ideas you know and uh uh you know and and sometimes i'm like i don't get it and then you know I read all the comments and people are like, this is the funniest thing ever. And this is so insightful. And I'm like, well, go, <laughs> go, go, Elena. Uh, and, and go George. George is also fantastic. He also helps with that. So, so I think the vision for us is, you know, to try and imitate God, you know, in many different times and different ways, find ways of getting the message out. So I don't know if, Lion, you want to take the, the second part of that? Um, yeah. And I would just add to what you shared. I think we, you know, we really want to be a resource for our members first and foremost. Um, that's our that's our mission, 
Um, but of course, we want to be a light to the rest of the world as well. And so I think a lot of the tools and, and vehicles that Justin described are that's part of an effort to reach not just our members, but um, the world around us, you know, and so whether that's a, yeah, something funny on, on social media or, um, or an interesting article, um, it, there, there's so many different ways that, um, that we can do that. So I think we're, we are turning our, our vision a little bit outward um, as well, not just for, you know, in-house our members. All right. Well, we're going to be coming back. We, it's time to bring this podcast to a close. And I just want to say what a pleasure it is to, to meet both of you in this way and to have this conversation, but we're coming back for more. Uh, so in a couple of weeks, our listeners will hear a, of a second part to this and we'll have some further conversation. Uh, I want to say that you can, uh, find disciples org. You can find it online at disciplestoday.org. I guess I said it, didn't I? So again, disciplestoday.org. Real quickly, I mentioned it in our introduction that Justin, you and your wife, Irene, wrote a book called Healing of a Wounded Idealist, A Guide Back to Faith for the Christian Cynic. Give us your elevator speech on what that book's about. And uh, and if you could, you know, where could people find it? Uh, yes, yeah. Um, so uh, my, my wife, sort of started feeling a little bit, uh, you know, I, as, as Lion said, we went through a, a quite an identity crisis as a church in 2003. And, and, you know, we began realizing we'd made some pretty big mistakes in the way, in the way in which we'd sort of run our, uh, run the, 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 the church. And I think that was wounding for a lot of people that kind of felt like, you know, they, uh, yeah, it was just wounding to a lot of people's faith. And Irene was one of them. She definitely felt kind of wounded and disappointed by, by some of the things, um, and and uh, you know, and and she said, I, I just see this temptation to becoming more and more cynical, you know, and, and sort of developing a cynical view on sort of dreams and goals of the church and what have you, and and um, uh, and what happened was I actually read a book called um, uh, by John Ortberg called Faith and Doubt, and and in there he said, you know, if you scratch under the surface of a cynic you will find a wounded idealist, you know? And I, I turned to my wife and I said, sweetie, this is you. This is, this is, you know, this is you, the wounded idealist that had these sort of idealistic views or pictures of how the church could be. Uh, and when some of the weaknesses and sins, you know, came out, it, it kind of wounded you. And she's like, absolutely. So she, she, she just got into uh, doing a lot of Bible study on it and, and looking through Elijah and Peter and, and a lot of the Bible characters that sort of went through these these sort of arcs of faith and excitement and disappointment and you know and discouragement and then healing, and so we we started teaching some sermons on it and then uh, and then wrote two books actually on it: uh, the healing of a wounded idealist and then the humble idealist, and um, and it's just been it's been helpful for both of us i think in our journey to 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 know how do you how do you rebuild your faith when it's been wounded um but also for a lot of people so it was very interesting a couple of years ago 2019 the churches in russia invited us to go and, and speak uh, in russia on the on the book and uh in moscow and st petersburg and when we were there we asked some of the some of the russians you know so uh you know do people struggle with cynicism here do you know, and they said, oh, my gosh, every Russian 
is a wounded idealist, you know, because they really believed, you know, that communism was the better way to run a country, you know, and I think when that kind of fell apart, that just, I think they, yeah, they just became wounded, you know, and, and so this, it was super helpful for them in their sort of just even their ideological journey, you know, um so yeah so i think that's the elevator pitch you can you can pick up the book at amazon so just go to amazon.com and and type in uh, uh, the healing of the wounded idealist and and you can pick up the book there oh thanks for that look forward to that and we look forward to having you both back and nick look forward to being back with you nick will join me again for our next podcast and we'll continue this discussion with uh, Lyanne and with Justin Renton from Disciples Today. In the meantime, you got a couple of weeks. Go grab a cup of coffee. Uh, get to know somebody in your community who's a brother or sister in Christ and share your faith together. Look forward to being back with you. Thank you for listening to the Common Grounds Unity Podcast. Please check out commongroundsunity.org to learn more about who we are. You can subscribe to the essays, join our Facebook group, or find our YouTube channel. And please check out the gatherings page where you can connect with other unity-minded Christians in your area. If you can't find a gathering in your area, we can help you start one. It's not difficult or time-consuming, and we'll help you out along the way. It really does simply start with a cup of coffee. If you want to volunteer or ask questions, please email john at commongroundsunity.org. And lastly, we need your help by donating to this ministry of reconciliation. Your donation is tax deductible. Links for donating are in the show notes or on our website. Until next time, God bless. And remember, unity starts with a cup of coffee. <laughs>